Well, here we are, and there we go. Everyone's favorite month, Rocktober. Almost over, but don't worry. No reason to panic. Thanksgiving and Christmas are on the way. We'll get depressed after the Super Bowl, but right now, let's celebrate the best time of the year when the weather is crisp and the weekends are fun and the podcast is on fire. An all-new one starts now. Well, I played that clip up front because uh, I was very depressed. I don't know. I've been depressed. Who knows? What? Well, I kind of know why, and maybe I'll tell you in a second. But, uh, you know, I, get, I, I, I like October. I get excited for October. October's fall. It's fall. And then it already, it's November. And November's fun, too. It's okay, you know. But then it's Thanksgiving. Then it's Christmas. It's over. You know, it's the best time of the year. It's the best time of the year, like everywhere. Uh, and then it's like, it's just, it goes so fast. And then the rest of the year just goes horribly slow. Of course, it's fine too. If you know, if you're at a, you know, somewhere where you want to be, I guess. But I played that clip up front because it just makes me happy. My friend Joe at the office said, "Like, why don't you play that clip? It'll make you happy." Like, not on the podcast. He just said, "We just play it." Because I was like depressed yesterday, and he's like, "Just play that clip." But it did make me happy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to share it with everybody because that is an amazing clip. It's from Curb Your Enthusiasm, the last season, not the the one currently coming up that they're filming, but the one that they ended on about I don't know six years ago, maybe. Takes place in New York. Larry's Dayton. Was it Anna Gasteyer or something like that? Uh, one of those old alums from Saturday Night Live, and uh, she has a gay kid, and everybody knows but her, you know, like where Larry knows, you know, and and it's it, it's such a great episode because we've all known when a kid is gonna be gay, and uh, that's such a great idea to just have. And the kid who plays the gay kid, I mean, you heard it. The kid was amazing. I've actually tried to do some research on that kid because you want to know i mean he's so unbelievable some of those lines that he's doing let's see yeah okay uh is your mom ready okay sweetie nana's waiting for you she's gonna give you a bath okay 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 take care of her take care of her and he's doing the thing it's like he does so many things that are so gay you would think only a seasoned actor i mean if this kid's not gay, if he somehow turns out to not be gay, he's the greatest actor of our time. I mean, this kid was a genius. I don't know if you've seen this episode, but look it up on YouTube. It's just, you know, just put in Curb Your Enthusiasm gay kid or whatever. And um, it's just so entertaining. And Larry Witham is entertaining because he knows right away. And he's like, oh, look at you. You know, because he's polite as soon as he meets him. He's like, what are you watching? Project Runway. Like, he's doing all the stuff. And it's so funny. I mean, there's a kid, and I I don't know whether I've ever told this story before. There's a kid I went to nursery school with. And I, I mean, I knew he was gay. I mean, I knew back then that that he was gay. Why? I knew because... We when we played, it sticks in my mind. It's the only thing I can remember, you know, prior to being five. I remember we play house, and he always wanted to be the mother. <laughs> Roger Citron. He always wanted to be the mother, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out why. You know, I mean, it's one of those things that stuck with me. I'm like, well, why do you suppose he'd want to play the mother? Like, I either played the son or the father. He always wanted to play the way. I always wanted to put on the apron. 
You don't know what gay is, but you're like, something's off about that kid, and I can't put my finger on it. Um, so go figure. A couple years later, I mean, this is a classic story. I mean, we end up going to high school together again. We don't see each other. Uh, maybe do we see each other in Hebrew school? I can't remember. No, I I don't remember. Anyway, uh, you know, I see him. Great guy. You know, one of the nicest, friendliest people you could ever meet. You know, which also, you know, comes into question. What's that all about? Because, uh, you know, straight guys aren't nice to girls. You know what I'm talking about. In fact, you know, I think I've become too polite lately. Um, when I wanted to start going out with girls, I decided, you know what I need to do? I need to be more of a dick. And I became more of a dick. And then, unfortunately, I couldn't get out of that character. <laughs> I couldn't get out of the dick character. I'm stuck in it forever. But um, it worked. Oh, it worked all right. Being a dick is an unbelievable way to get girls. And it still works. I just, um, I try to be more polite now. Um, And it's a problem. I need to be more of a dick. Uh, But maybe not anymore. I don't know if it works when you're older, but it certainly works when you're young. It really works when you're young. Girls are real stupid that way. And so are guys too, I guess. I mean... I like girls that are mean to me. It turns me on. So, yeah. Well, I like wackos. So I guess I'm just as bad as somebody who uh, likes a dick. Anyway, back to this uh, kid. So we're in high school, and um, apparently, and again, this is a long story, so I'll just cut to the chase. Apparently, you know, I'm in the theater department, you know, uh, you know, like a good show tune. Uh, everybody knows I like the theater, right? I was an, I'm an actor. Or I always wanted to be an actor. Or, I wanted, or, you know, even if you wanted to get into comedy, I mean, what was there uh, when I was a kid? You didn't have YouTube. You didn't have any of that stuff. There, w- there was only one way to be creative, and that was in the theater. So even if you wanted to be a comic or whatever you wanted to be, remember in Fame, the TV show, and they had that one called Danny Amatulo? You wanted to be a comic. Or or in, in the movie Fame, Ralph Gart, you know, the guy, uh, my favorite actor, um, I can't think of his name. He's in Saturday Night Fever. Hey, Father, can I talk to you for a minute? Father, can I talk to you? Hey, Father, my girlfriend likes to taste the communion wafers. Hey, Father. That guy, who was also in fame, wanted to be a stand-up comic, but he was in the acting department because they just didn't have, you know, stand-up comedy back then or anything. So the only outlet you had for being creative was the theater department, and it was full of fags. Yeah, that's right. I use that word. So by the time I was a senior... And remember, this is the 80s, so nobody was out, but apparently in the theater, you could be out. If you were in the theater, you could kind of be out. Not to your parents, but you could be out. I mean, we knew who was gay back then. Everybody knew. And that's the funny thing is that I think why it fucked me up for a long time, um, you know, because back in the, in, the, in the day, you'd have the one ABC after school special that would deal with the one kid in the school who was gay and he was struggling, the one kid, you know. But I, I never expected more than one. You know, there were like, you know, 12 guys I knew that were gay because it was in the theater department. And apparently, all they wanted to do was sleep with this kid, Roger Citrin. That was their plan. They were going to sleep with this. This was the prize. The gay kid I knew from the, I'm the nursery school. I know this kid's so gay. And then he turns out he's, oh, he's real gay. He's so gay that he's the gayest of all gays. And uh, everybody wants his cock. Because so, I remember, um, you know, I had a friend. I didn't know he was gay. I thought he was okay. This is coming out the wrong way. You know what I'm saying. You know, you're in high school. You don't know what's going on. 
You, you know I don't have a problem with gays, but uh, it's confusing when you're young and, uh, you know, it's not supposed to be. When your dad tells you, your dad tells you when he's giving you the sex talk, remember, it don't fit the other way. Never do it in the ass <laughs> or never get it done in the ass and hide your wallet. Something like that. So, uh, so this kid was the prize. And I remember I was sitting in the car with my friend and he goes, uh, hey, I was fooling around with uh, Sherry tonight. I'm like, oh, my God, she's so hot. And... Um, and he's like, yeah, but I got a problem. And I remember we were sitting in the car at the park late at night, maybe having a beer because you we were allowed to drink and drive back then. Things were different. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, I have a problem. I'm like, what could possibly be the problem? That girl's so hot. And he's like, well, I couldn't help being that I'd, I'd rather be with Roger Moore. And I'm like, well, listen, I mean, if you're going to be with Roger Moore, <laughs> you know, everybody gets a free pass. Now. And then the guy's James Bond. But he's like, no, you fucking idiot. I'd rather be with Roger Citrin more than Shari. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not following you. And he's like, well, I was like Homer Simpson. I, maybe I knew, but I was playing dumb. I don't know. And he's like, I've been seeing a therapist for like six months. I'm like, what's a therapist? You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck's going on. He goes, I think I'm bisexual. And I'm like, hey, a lot of people live on both coasts and they're perfectly normal. He goes, no, you fucking dummy. I'm gay. I love other guys' cocks. And I'm like, I, I'm still not following. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean for me? And this, should I get out? This, do I still get to drive home? Um, and so, yeah. And and he's like, and, and again, he wanted this one dude, this one dude that everybody wanted. Meanwhile, this kid, his father was a prominent dentist in the community, so he could never come out. We graduate high school. And uh, my first or second year in college, I hear that he's going to get married to this girl. Eh, I'm using everybody's names. Melissa Arrow lives up the street from me. I've known her since we were in kindergarten. She go- seemed like a very intelligent girl. I remember that's the story I told you where I got all sunburnt because we were working on her lawn that day. And uh, yeah, I got what, what's the difference? I'm mixing up the genres. Um now who's gay? <laughs> um, so, so they get married. And I, I, you know, my parents tell me, and I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> that guy's so fucking gay. It's ridiculous. And my mother and her father are like, what? What are you talking about? Why would she marry a gay guy? And I'm like, no, no, he's really gay. And they're, 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 they just won't believe me. And I'm telling my sister, I'm like, Beth, tell him. And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I know. He's really gay. And, and then... You know, they, they finally believe me. And then the question is, do you tell her? They weren't getting married yet. They're going to get married. Do you tell Melissa or do you butt out? And is it possible? Maybe he changed. Maybe he's not gay. Maybe that was just a thing. Now, for me, I'm saying, yeah, listen, he's been gay since nursery school. It ain't just a thing. He's gay. He ain't changing. This is ridiculous. And then the other question was, well, maybe she knows he's gay and maybe she's not married and she just wants a partner. So they get married and they're married for 20 years and they have three kids. I have trouble. I have trouble in the bedroom all the time because my mind is a mess. I always have trouble. But this gay kid 
is able to get it up and have three kids. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I don't understand that. That gay, the kid has been gay since nursery school, but you're saying for some reason he's able to get hard and produce babies. In front of, I don't think I could get hard in front of a dude. I've thought about it often because everybody calls me gay, and you have to go inside yourself. I'm not married. I'm old. I have to say, like, wait, am I gay? Am I gay? I like show tunes. I have a lot of gay friends. Am I gay? I got to look inside myself and decide. And every time I say, I'm positive I'm not. I'm positive I'm not. I, I, I could not get hard in front of another dude. I'm positive I'm not. I'm not just saying it. Why would I say it to myself? I'm not just saying it to you people. I, I'd be honest with you. I'm like, well, you know, I've had some gay... I mean, maybe the closest guy maybe would be John Bon Jovi, but only because he looks like a girl. We're used to. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's not going to work. But this guy, he's so gay, and he's able to get girls pregnant? This isn't fair. So, 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 20 years later... I go to my friend Lisa's, uh, her kid's getting bought mitzvah or something, and that girl Melissa's there. I haven't seen her in 20 years, maybe even longer. And uh, we start talking. I haven't seen her in years. She looks pretty good. I say, uh, I go, what's going on? She goes, oh, well, things aren't too good. I, I, I can tell something's wrong. I was like, what's the matter? She says, uh, can you keep a secret? Maybe I've told you this before. I don't remember. I was like, can you keep a secret? I'm like, no. And she's like, nah. no, no, seriously, I'm going to tell Lawrence as soon as, uh, as soon as you tell me what it is. And she's like, ha, ha, ha. And she's like, um, well, Roger and I getting divorced. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I'm like, I'm like, what could possibly be the reason? But I'm trying, I'm pretending. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, oh, why? Uh, you guys seem so perfect. She goes, we were. We were the perfect couple. Like, everybody loved us. Everybody, you know, Roger's a great guy. It doesn't make any sense. But it turns out. He's gay. And I just laughed in her face. I couldn't contain myself. I was like, <laughs> She's like, what? And I'm like, Not, nothing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're kidding, right? Somebody told you to tell me this? Are you kidding? She's like, wait, you did you know? And I'm like, no. Well, I've known since nursery school. Then it all came out. I'm like, I mean, every how do you not know? She goes, I, I don't know. I didn't see the signs. I'm like, you didn't see the signs? I mean, I'm telling you, if you ever meet this guy, Hey, he's just like this kid. He's just like this kid. A sewing machine. I'm going to do God with the wind. I'm going to do this and Vaz. I mean, there's no way you're not walking away if you're another couple and saying, I can't believe she married a gay guy. How does she not know? And then she told me, her mother said, she, uh, he goes, he blames her. He started blaming her. Uh, we haven't had sex much. They're like, well, that's your fault, sweetie, because uh, you don't turn me on anymore. It's your fault. I mean, what a dick this kid is. He's like destroying this poor girl. And um, he's like, it's your fault. And she goes to her mother. He says, it's my fault because I don't turn him on. She goes, it is your fault. The mother says, it is your fault. You need to go to Victoria's Secrets and pick out some stuff and be sexier. Can you fucking imagine these two fucking idiots? Remember that saying, my favorite saying? He's an idiot, comes from upbringing. Her parents are probably idiots too. Well, there it is. Her parents are idiots too. You got to go to Victoria's Secrets. You can't tell this guy's a a raging homosexual. It's impossible not to tell. It's just like this Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. This mother is sitting there and you know there's a hundred of them like, he's a seven-year-old boy, Larry. What the fuck is the matter with you buying him a sewing machine? 
so she, so she goes to Victoria's Secret. You know, it's like ridiculous. I'm like, are you kidding? This guy's been gay. I mean, really gay. And then she goes, yeah, he's been hanging out with this guy. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy, yeah, Gary Schwartz. We've been making fun of Gary Schwartz for years. That's what me and my friend Lee, we always go like, hey, Gary Schwartz, come over. I mean, that was the gay guy. He was like, he doesn't give a shit. He might say his name. He doesn't care. He's been out like forever. We've always known. He's known. He doesn't give a shit. But that's the guy we always say like, hey, Gary Schwartz, what's happening? You know, like when we make fun of other guys being gay. Like, um, you know, I was telling at the uh, at the football show, I was pointing out that Lee is always trying to find new ways to call. That's what guys do. We all call each other gay. That's what we do. I don't know why. And remember, I think I might have told you, or maybe I didn't, that it's going to go on forever. Like when I was with Larry, Larry, I was gonna say, when I was with Gary Shandling one day, he was calling, I think it was me, him, and I don't know, maybe it was Warren Beatty. I don't remember who it was. And they're just calling each other gay. And they're like 65. And I'm like, oh, oh, it never ends. That's what guys do. We all call each other gay, whether it's just a form of homophobia or just, I don't know what it is, but that's what we do. And my friend Lee finds unbelievable ways to do it. I think I've told you this before, and I even showed it in the slideshow in the first football show at the Village Underground. Um, He Googles me and he says, you remind me of the athletic director for BYU. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? You Google in. I dare while you're listening to this, Google in BYU athletic director and just see what comes up. It is hilarious. That's your assignment for today. And trust me, it's going to be funny. There's no way you're not going to laugh at that. Google in BYU athletic director. And instantly you're going to be like, ha, 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 ha. So then the fact that he just knows this stuff, because like, you know, I've been following this guy since uh, the 70s. I don't know. So, um, so, th- so, th- so, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm getting uh, confused. So, this guy, uh, so, right, he's been hanging out with this dude, and I'm just laughing. He's like, Have you, do you remember this guy, Gary Schwartz? I'm like, do we remember? <laughs> this guy, it's been a 30-year joke. Meanwhile, we all looked up Gary Schwartz online. He looks good. He's a good-looking uh, older man. I'll tell you something. He came, did all right for himself. But, uh, yeah, we're, I'm laughing even more than I you know, immediately go in to tell Lawrence. I'm like, you are not going to believe what just happened. Not only was I on fire with this like new gossip and the unbelievable, she's got to be the stupidest person on the planet. Cause then we were sitting there and she's kind of a dick. Like she's, she's obviously an idiot. She always seems so smart. She got good grades. It just, it doesn't add up at all. But then I guess it does. Cause her parents are idiots too. So, I go in, I tell Lawrence, I'm, I'm like dying. I'm dying of this juicy gossip that I can't even believe just happened to me. And, you know, we go in, the bar, the bar mitzvah happens, whatever, blah, blah. The next day, the next, the next, that was Saturday. So Monday, Monday morning, I run into my friend on the street who I never see on the street. His name's Danny Sachs. I run into him. I run into him. I haven't seen him. Since the 10-year high school reunion, so it's now 10 years, maybe more, and I run into the street right by my office, and I go, oh my God, dude, I've got an unbelievable story for you. Give me your number. I'm calling you at the office. Like, I was like, I got to go to work, but I'll call you as soon as I get to the phone, and I, <laughs> it was so funny, and I called him immediately, and I'm like, you're not going to believe what happened, and then he goes, dude, I've known that guy was gay since I was eight, because he wanted to play, they, they were friendly, they were next door neighbors, he goes, he always wanted to play doctor and he always wanted he's like oh, let's play doctor and i'll get and we'll get naked and he's like uh you can get naked I, I'm, I'm gonna leave my clothes on you know what i'm saying this dude like 
everyone knew he was gay. Who, who wants to play, who plays doctor with another dude? You know, exhibit A, where this guy Danny's just like, I don't, I don't know why he wants to do it. I don't know. The guy always wants to get nude. He's like, hey, uh, let's play uh, softball in the street, uh, but, but we can play it naked. Like, it's, you're trying to be polite when you're younger because you're like, I don't know what's happening here, but this is weird. I, this kid seems like an okay kid. Why he always wants to get naked all the time? So like, he's known just the way I've known. So he, you know, he didn't find the story. I mean, he, he knew the story was interesting. Only The only way the story's interesting is because this girl is so stupid. I mean, she's just as stupid as this girl's mom. But you can see a mother trying to suppress it. But how do you date somebody? Although girls do it all the time, I guess. It's just so obvious. I mean, you you didn't talk to anybody before you married him? I mean, you didn't see any of his friends and nobody? I mean, it's impossible. That guy's been gay since nursery school. We grew up with him. How could you possibly not know? Anyway, the caveat of the story is... I didn't go to my last reunion because I thought I might punch him in the face because this is what's uncool. And this is the Caitlyn Jenner shit I'm fucking talking about sometimes where everybody's like, you got to respect Caitlyn Jenner. Well, Caitlyn Jenner's a selfish fucking prick because that's what sometimes it comes out to. I understand you got to come out. You had your issues. You got to do what you got to do. But you put your family into a lot of fucking shit by your selfishness of needing to come out and be yourself. I'm not asking you to hide. Just asking for everybody, you know, not everybody has to accept it. People accept it at their own pace, you selfish prick. And I'm talking to both of you, Citrin, Jenner, both of you. You got to fucking relax and you let everybody deal with it in their own way. Can't get angry at somebody because they don't accept it right away on your fucking terms. So this guy, he's got three kids and one of the daughters getting uh, bar mitzvahed and she goes, I'm going to come out at your bar, bat mitzvah. And she goes, Daddy, please don't do that to me. Please don't embarrass me. He goes, I'm sorry. I have to do it. Can you fucking imagine this fucking prick? The only way that that would be okay and ridiculously funny if that was my dad at my bar mitzvah, then that would be the most hilarious thing that ever happened. But what are you doing to this poor fucking girl? I mean, are you a, are you a fucking father? You, you might be a, a homosexual, but you're still a father. You don't have to be a fucking asshole. That bat mitzvah is not about you, asshole. It's about your daughter. It's about her day, you selfish fucking prick. And this is the problem with people that come out when they're older. Now, I understand that in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, it, you, you couldn't come out. I get that. I get that a lot of people just... Wherever they live, wherever they're located, their religious beliefs, you can't come out, I get it. But you're not allowed to be fucking selfish about it when you wait until you're 40 or 50. You can't be selfish. You can't go out because you need something to prove and tell everybody on a microphone at your daughter's fucking bat mitzvah that, you're, that you love cock. That ain't cool. You can let everybody know separately. You can send out a mail. You can send out an email. Who the fuck gives a shit? How you do it? Why don't you put on a fucking show down at the Comedy Cellar and announce it to everybody? Put out a YouTube video. No one fucking gives a shit, but you don't do it on your fucking daughter's day, you selfish fucking prick. And that's what bothers me. And it bothers me a lot. And wouldn't it bother you too? So interesting story all around, right? Because first it's hilarious. Then it's like unbelievable, and then you just get angry. 
And that's what Caitlyn Jenner does. Like when you see the show, like, oh, did you know that I tried on your clothing while you're around? I'm mean, like, why would you tell your fucking daughter that? Do you know how fucking creepy that is? You selfish prick. I'm talking to you, Caitlyn Jenner. You murderer. Where finally people are talking about the fact that you killed someone in your car, which I've been talking about. Like, you know, he killed somebody in a car accident. He got away with it. Because, of course, he killed somebody. The guy shouldn't be driving. He's thinking about cutting his penis off. Nobody should be driving in that condition. (laughs) Well, this is a hell of a podcast already. Look how that clip just spurned a half hour of very interesting topics that I could obviously not talk about on the Artie show because he would never give me that kind of time to tell the whole story. And then it would just, he would just give me so much shit about like, of course you knew he was gay, you know. (laughs) So, uh, obviously need a my own venue to tell the story. Speaking of Artie's podcast, on Thursday I did it and uh, the secret came out over the air that I can't tell you yet but I will in the future, and uh, we had to edit it out, and then I messed up something because um, I texted the person involved, and they're like, what are you talking about? It was horrible, and then we had to edit and stuff, so I was like so upset about the podcast, and I just didn't feel I was good, but the only thing I was good about is there's this kid, Mario Bosco. He's a nice kid, but I, I've been really enjoying doing imitations of him, <laughs> and Artie doesn't, he hates when I do imitations, I guess, and I like now I like doing it just it's like when I do the slideshow at the football show like, anything he's gonna mock is fun to do so yeah I texted him the other day and I'm like listen um next week I'd like to do an entire episode as James Mason I'd like to do an entire episode as James Mason because you know everybody um hates the hacky stuff but this Mario Bosco kid it's like I've almost been doing this imitation for a long time because I had this bit where I was working with this nine-year-old kid um when I'd go on auditions for commercials, there was this nine-year-old kid who talks like Mario. This kid, Mario Bosco, if you look him up, he's like 42, but he, he sounds very young. He looks very young. He has, a, I think, a degenerative disease or something. But he's a nice kid, and he's on an Artie show a lot. And uh, you know, he's always complaining and talking tough. He's from Brooklyn. And um, I just like doing the imitation because uh, it's fun. <laughs> I just like talking with the high voice. And he goes... Yeah, a lot of times I've been selling chocolate over at the Columbus Day parades and all. I'm working at the Barnes and Nobles. Because that's kind of the way he talks. But in my thing, I, oh, I've been working on this bit for years. It's just kind of funny that I'm just doing the same voice about this nine-year-old that I used to audition with all the time who I'm going for commercials, and he was such a good actor. Like, I'd see him after, like, we'd be waiting together like, I'd be playing his dad or something and be waiting. He's like, these fucking people. Like, he's done 100 commercials. He's looking at his watch. These fucking people. I got two more fucking auditions. I got a birthday party. I got to be at, like, half of my dad's waiting for me downstairs. When are they going to fucking take us? He's, like, got this potty mouth from broken. But then when we went to audition, he was unbelievable. And I'm like, um, son, have you brushed your teeth? Not yet, dad, but I'm gonna. You know, like, he, he was, like, all nice and smiles and you know, a, a very good accent, like, you know, not that he took the Brooklyn accent off. He totally knew what he was doing. He's done like 50 commercials already. And he's like, you know, I got fucking two jobs. Then we're in the elevator. I'll never forget. We're in the elevator and he's just like screaming about the business. And it's just so funny because the other day when we were at Artie's, Artie made us, me and Mario, wait downstairs. And Mario was doing the exact same thing this kid who was nine was doing to me. He goes, this fucking business, I swear to God, Dave, you got to understand. 
I'm out there. I'm hustling every fucking day. I can't get a fucking audition. What do I fucking got to do? You know what I'm saying? I mean, but this kid, all he got was audition. It was the opposite way. He goes, this fucking business is why I had two fucking auditions today. I know I'm better than everybody else. What the fuck are they auditioning? They're making me fucking audition? Are you fucking kidding me? I always just, uh, the fun part was that I had him auditioning for Harry Potter. You know, he's like a... You know, because he was the proper age when it started, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, what's this? Uh, hey, Snape, what are you going? Are you the fucking uh, troublemaker here? Where's the Baltimore guy?" And they're like, "Well, that's pretty good, but can you do it with the British accent?" Yeah, I've been thinking about that. You know, I'm not gonna do an accent. This is the way I do it. Cause uh, watching Mary Poppins and Dick Van Dyke, I didn't like that. So let me try it this way. And like, well, we're really looking for more of a British guy. I mean, he could be an accent, but he's got to be a British. And I'm telling you, I think it's better this way. All right, let's go back. Where were we? All right. Uh, hey, Hermione, get over here. I got to talk to you for a minute. But uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I can just do it for hours. It's just like kind of fun. Sarah used to have a joke about that, about a nine-year-old. She was, uh, there was a nine-year-old comedian, and she was like, yeah, they want me to work on Halloween. Fucking believe they want me to work on fucking Halloween. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've never been able to get it right on stage, and uh, I don't know if I got it right here. So Saturday, I uh, did the roller derby, and I was so angry because they only had one mic. They were supposed to have two, because I worked with this girl, this fat piece of shit called Kosher Nost or whatever, a fat piece of fucking shit. I just I was so angry at her because she was fucking had the plague. Now I'm doing that. She fucking had the plague. She's talking into the microphone. I'm not sharing a mic with this fucking incubus for fucking disease um yeah so i just left i just left i didn't and i I was furious and they won in a really exciting fashion which they never do right at the end and i felt like i wasn't a part of it i'm just furious i'm really angry that that happened and you know i go out there for free on my own money and uh they can't even have a mic for me you know that just really, really bothered me. And this fat piece of shit is sitting there. She shouldn't even fucking come there. I don't want to share a mic with her. I don't want to fucking get sick. Now, this was a good time for me to get sick because I don't have anything going on. But nobody wants to get sick. If somebody's sitting there, she's coughing and wheezing into the mic. She's blowing her nose nonstop. I mean, she was disgusting. Not, and I'm not just talking about her looks. I mean, her just fucking appearance is gross. She's dressed in a Ghostbusters shoot. She, she's such a fat piece of shit, but... Damn good roller derby announcer, I gotta say. I mean, she's really... I mean, we would make a good team because I just, you know, do the comedy part and she does the actual stuff and she's good, but she's a fucking asshole. I told this girl's in charge. I said, just make sure that I do... I announce the home team and I give out the MVPs and she didn't even tell her that. She's like, so wait, so you want to do... I'm like, Techno, I'm supposed to do all that shit and she's supposed to do the announcing of what's happening. And there they go. And the jammer has got a, ooh, a couple of points for dirty. You know, that's her job. And I'm supposed to do all the other stuff. And, and you know, what's my point of going down there if they don't, they don't fucking need me? It, it makes me mad. And I don't feel part of the team. And it makes me angry. Yeah, that's right. Everything makes me angry today. And the next day was Lenny Marcus's wedding, which was so much fun. Because uh, you got to see all, you know, all the people from... Uh, the seller and your your you know and they they call it the comedy seller family and and I gotta say to be a part of the comedy seller family makes me so happy and Noam the owner said at the table she goes you know I'm so glad to have just got back at the comedy seller and I tell you 
I told him, I'm like, I, I can't tell you how much that means to me to say. And he's like, no, I really mean it. I mean, I, I, I mean it too. It's so, I've told you before, like when I was thinking about writing a book when I turned 50, I was in my final year because I was so upset, so suicidal. On New Year's Eve, I think the way the book would end is I end up going to the comedy cellar on New Year's Eve and I remember that I, I always have the cellar to go to where I can always find a friend at any hour. It really is a very friendly place. And I guess if you're in the inn, you know, it makes it all that much better. But, you know, when they include me, and you know I'm not a classic stand-up comic, but when I'm allowed to sit at the comics table and the managers are like, no, no, you're okay here. It's just the other people we have to get rid of. Um, it, it really means the world to somebody like me who has a regular job, things didn't really work out for. It's like a really big deal to be able to sit at the comics table to be able to be a member of the family. And that's why I really love doing shows down there. And I told you, and the owner at Gnome is so nice. And it, it really, really makes me happy. So that was a really good part of the wedding. The depressing part, of course, is just the wedding. Um, you know, Russ and Eve and I, we went together and, you know, he was depressed too. It, there's something about him. I mean, he's not a depressing guy. He's not like me. But, you know, when you're still single at this age and people are coupled up, um, I haven't been to a wedding in a long time. And, you know, very happy for Lenny. I mean, his wife, Gina, is great. And there's, there's no jealousy or anything like that. You know, guys don't get like that. They just, you know, it's more just like, eh, I'm still single. You know, you just can't help yourself. You know, you're having a good time, but you're also like, huh. I gotta, I gotta work this out somehow. I don't know. Look how happy they are. I gotta work this out. And then you just remember, there were lots of girls there that I liked, and now they're married. So you know, it's a depressing, a little depressing. It was still fun. It was just a, a little depressing. Meanwhile, Tom Papa, the great comedian Tom Papa, married them. He's an ordained minister, and he married them. Uh, he said that was his third wedding, and he was amazing. Oh my God, is he, well, he's good anyway, but then he was just so fucking good. Everything he said, it was so funny. I, that was the perfect wedding. It was about 20 minutes long. It was so funny. You know, it's a bunch of comedians. So, I mean, what could be better than not to do a, a regular kind of wedding in front of your comedian friends who are going to mock you to the day you die if you have a standard wedding or if you cry or, you know, something like that. Um and that, that really made it uh, really terrific. I mean, really great. 20 minutes. You know, that's why you got to hate some of those, uh, the Catholic weddings in the sense of, uh, like, I've always preferred mass up uh, instead of temple. I like going to church rather than going to temple. I find church much more entertaining, much more exciting, knowing that you could possibly go to hell. That's very entertaining. Uh, going to temple is very, very dull and boring. There's no action. But on the flip side of that, Jewish weddings are much more entertaining uh, than Catholic wedding when you're going to sit there and take a mass. Because that's not the time to take a mass. Uh, you just want to get through the ceremony. When you make people sit there for a whole church ceremony, I mean, that, that'd be that's just the worst. The absolute worst. And I think people realize that now. I think that just young people do that. Their parents make them do that or something. But when you're older, you know, you just want to get the ceremony over with and move on to the party. 
So that's what these guys did. I mean, it's perfect. And you know, and then you want to break the glass because the breaking the glass, the greatest, the only possibly awesome Jewish tradition of all. I mean, even they do it in Goodfellas. It's fantastic. Nothing better than breaking that glass and everybody yelling out Mazel Tov. It's the best. So, uh, yeah, so that's what made it great. Especially, like I said, when you're older, you know, you just want to kind of do it. Oh, my God, I forgot to tell you. He might have had, it was at this country club in Livingston, but he might have had the greatest catering ever in the history of weddings, in the history of weddings. I wasn't sure what the story was because I don't know who had money to do it. I don't know if, you know, at this age, I don't know whether it's her parents. I mean, you know, if I have a wedding, it's going to be me paying for it. And I, I, you know, I'd go for it all. Um, I would never skimp. But, oh, my God, they, they had it catered by Peter Lugers. Peter fucking Lugers. You know I love Wolfgang's. Peter Lugers is Wolfgang's. They had the, the, the perfect, the porterhouse steak that we, that we fucking love, the sides, the cream spinach, the potatoes, the huge shrimp. I just wanted to put a chair in front of the huge shrimp and just start eating it. But I, you know, I was afraid to eat in front of people. I was lucky I, w- I was able to get a couple of bites off, and then I couldn't stop thinking about you know, how we always go to Wolfgang's. Um, me and the Miraculous the Saturday after Thanksgiving, which I'm looking forward to. Oh, oh, it's going to be sweet. You know, get the full steak so I can really chow down and not have to worry about people watching me. I don't know. Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. I just can't help it. You know, then you get full and you can't dance. I didn't even dance. I wanted to dance. I, I think I missed a lot of stuff. I was just sitting outside with Sherrod and we were hanging out. And Sherrod was there. Robert Kelly was really funny. I don't know if you know this guy. He's a really funny comedian, but he was really funny. He always makes me laugh. Oh, my God. This guy, Mike Vecchione, was there. And he's Italian, right? So he's dressed like he's you know, right out of good face, wearing the three-piece suit. I mean, he couldn't be dressed any more Italian. And he looked like one of the waiters. So Robert Kelly goes, can, I, can, I get, can we get a couple of rounds of water over here? Like, he just kept doing the bit. <laughs> and Mike was going, but I think he was getting annoyed. <laughs> but it was funny every time. Mike, is, sir, can we please get a couple of rounds of water? That <laughs> um, was very funny. Marina was there. And uh, so, yeah, it was funny. Uh, Marina, Keith Robinson, and Sherrod were the only black people invited. And then um, that was because really, they were like, yeah, I guess we're the only black people. And then they thought this other guy was there, but it turned out he was a musician. So um, well, I didn't think any of us would let it. You know, I th- heard that club was restricted, but uh, I guess it's not. So that being said, where to go with this podcast after that? Um... I'm going to tell you one thing, and then I think I might go over. Uh, maybe we'll go over Tuesday television because, you know, what's funny. I don't even want to go over it anymore. Maybe I'm done. I feel like I have to, but why? I don't have to if I don't want to, right? Yeah, I don't think I feel like it. I don't know. Let's go over the ratings. Maybe it'll get me excited. I do still like talking about the ratings because, you know, with football, it's completely fascinating. First of all, there's been a cut already. This notorious. I, we haven't gotten to it yet, but um, were we going to go over it today? No, I think it's on Wednesdays or something. They already cut. I mean, I, I probably would have told you that. I said that Piper Peebo, whatever her name is, and she's way hot. But I saw the premise and I'm like, that ain't going anywhere. I mean, that's the thing. I like to make the predictions, so maybe we'll do it. But So Sunday Night Football went back on top. But how funny is it? It's the I mean, what could be worse? All everybody's talking about is the struggling ratings of football that they are just making a plummeting ratings. And Sunday night football, their pride and joy goes to a six six tie. It doesn't even end in a win. A six six 
tie. That's like the worst thing that could happen when they are struggling. Everybody who likes football likes high scoring. This is why soccer will never be replaced or football will never be replaced by soccer because nobody, that's why hockey is not important. Nobody likes two to one games. People like 45 to 33. You know, you just want scoring, scoring, and scoring. That's why basketball is interesting. Um, 6-6 tie. Can you believe that? But it was still number one in the ratings by a long shot. And Thursday night football was number two, uh, Bears-Packers. How's that not going to be number two? Still, way down from Sunday. You know, here's the other thing that uh, ratings, and if there's anything we do, Sunday night football, and I might have said this last week, it sucks, and no one wants it. Stop it. Make another, just then keep Thursday nights and just make that the game of the week because Sunday nights suck. No one wants to watch any more football Sunday nights. We want a break. We want the games to end at eight and then we want to move on with our lives. Sunday night football and that stupid song you have, I've been waiting all day for Sunday night. No one has been waiting all day for Sunday night. And I will tell you this for sure. No one who's at those games wants to be there on Sunday night. If you're a Giants fan and you have Giants season tickets, you do not wish to go to a tailgate at 4 o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of December to watch a stupid Sunday night game. We don't care whether it's Giants-Cowboys, Giants-Packers, or whatever the fuck it is. No one wants to... We don't like the Sunday night game. Stop it. You want to make a nighttime game, then make it Thursday night. Make that your national game and and just fucking end this Sunday night shit. It's stupid. But what are they going to do? It's the number one rated show. But when network television disappears, then what are you going to do? Sunday nights suck. And that's the funny thing. Well, I could choose not to watch it, but I can't. And then you start at 9.30 in the morning that day. You can't get anything done. You're there from 9.30 in the morning until midnight. So what is that? That's it's like 15 hours of TV. You're just sitting there. You can't move because you don't want to miss nothing. You know, if you're insane like me. Number three is the Big Bang Theory. 60 minutes? How did that get to number five? It's impressive. Well, I guess it followed football. The voice, that show This Is Us, the voice of oh, the debates. It's funny. The debates on NBC were number one, number nine. The debates on ABC were number 10. And the debates on CBS was number 20. How come nobody's watching CBS? Isn't that interesting? It's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. Isn't that fascinating? Number 11. Always does well. That's why they air it. That's why they're going to air it again, too. They're not crazy. Kevin can wait. Toy Story of Terror, which followed. It's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. These specials, that's why they air them. Every year for the past 50 years. Ohio State, Penn State, that was a great game. That was number 17. That's not even that high because I think people thought Ohio State was just going to beat the shit out of them. Penn State won in a major upset. And now Ohio State is not number three anymore. It is number seven. They dropped. Um, That new show, Lethal Weapon, number 21. Okay, so the Rocky Horror Picture Show did horribly in the ratings. It was number 22. Got a 1.7, right? Um, 
the critics hated it and nobody watched it because you know why? Nobody cared. We talked about this last week. Disappointing ratings. They say what went wrong. Uh, they called it, the New York Times said it was stripped of subversive magic. And this is what they say. Although it's moderately entertaining at times, which of course the original Rocky Horror is only moderately entertaining at times. Remember, which I think Fox must have forgotten, the original Rocky Horror Picture Show stinks. It's a really bad film that just got lucky in this cult status where people would just make up shit and that's what made it great with some great songs. But otherwise, it's a horrible film. Although it's moderately entertaining at times, it never makes clear why it needed to be attempted. That's the burden of any remake, of course, and from that perspective, the project may have been doomed from the start. Certain performances simply can't be topped. Um, ah, and then they bring up what I talked about last week. The review was not good for transgender actress Laverne Cox. So she, oh, say, well, she's a transvestor actress, but, oh, wait, is Laverne Cox a man? Is that why? No, no, see, she's created controversy over the LGBT. Maybe I'm wrong. Is she... She's a well-known trans... Oh, maybe Laverne Cox is a man. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about then. Well, then why would they be upset if a transgender actress or actor... Does anybody know? I'll look that up right now, actually. Did I miss something? I thought it was being played by a woman. But I guess if it's... Like, that's what we were talking about last week. Can a woman be transgender? No, right? Can they... does, Does it work the other way? You know, we, we've been asking that question. Uh, I don't know. But they say if there was something relevatory to be gleaned by having Miss Cox, a well-known transgender performer, rather than a man play the role, okay, she and her director, Kenny, didn't find it, rather than a man play Okay, so it is a woman. Well, for trans, how could she be a transgender actress? Let's see. Uh, is Laverne Cox a man? <laughs> uh, Cox became the first openly transgender person to be nominated for... So... Oh, she... Okay. Wait. I don't know. Oh, wait. Let's see. Let's Hold, hold on a second. It says... It looks like she was born a boy. Well, that, Well, then what's wrong with that then? Because that's what I was saying. Um, she became... It, it doesn't say. Um, oh, Laverne was born and has an identical twin brother uh, when she noticed that she had developed feelings about her male classmates and had been bullied for several years. I can't... I can't tell. I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't have that information. I just really actually assumed she was a woman. But now that I'm looking at her, hmm. Well, then what would be the problem? Because that's what you're asking. So why would the LGBT community be angry if a transgender actress is playing the transgender role? That's what we were talking about last week. But they're mad at everything. Well, maybe they were just mad because the show sucked. One Twitter user said, Rocky Horror is supposed to be punk, dangerous, and erotic. 
through no fault of the performers, this version is square and sexless. Well, of course it is, because it's on Fox. And it's just like there really was no reason to remake it. And if you're not going to do it live, that's the only reason these musicals have been working a little. Everybody wants to see it live. So strange move by Fox to do that. Uh, uh, Speaking of uh, transgender, Boo, a Medea Halloween, made $27.6 million at the box office. Number one, Medea. Yeah. Beating out Jack Reacher for $23 million. And, of course, Ouija, Origin of Evil, at $14.1 million. Boo, a Medea Halloween. Well, let me tell you something. Tyler Perry is a genius. Tyler Perry, he's got six Medea movies. And I'm looking at the, look at this. Well, first you've got Diary of a Mad Black Woman, which made $50 million. That's 2005. In 2006, he made uh, Medea's Family Reunion made $63 million. In 2009, his highest grossing Medea film, uh, Medea Goes to Jail, $90 million. You know, these movies probably cost, well, actually, it says, uh, well, I, I don't have it, but, uh, you know, they probably cost like a, a million to make. Uh, 2011, Medea's Big Happy Family, $53 million. 2012, Medea's Witness Protection, $65 million. Medea Christmas in 2013, $52 million. And right now, at this point, Medea's Halloween, $30 million. And he hasn't made one in three years, is the first one. Well, he's a genius. A genius. But look at all the other movies he's made. Tyler Perry's, and they're all called Tyler Perry's, which is smart. Daddy's Little Girls, whatever that was, in 2007, $31 million. Why Did I Get Married? $55 million. Meet the Browns, $41 million. Family That Prays, $37 million. I Can Do Bad All By Myself, 51. Why Did I Get Married? Two, $60 million. Good Deeds, I've never even heard of that one, $35 million. Medea's Witness Protection, well, we knew that one. Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, 51. Single Moms Club, well, that didn't do very well. <laughs> but all of his movies make about $50 million. That's better than Woody Allen's movies make. That's something else, huh? Have you ever even seen a Medea movie? I've never seen one. I've never seen any of the Tyler Perry's movies. And quite frankly, now I want to. I wouldn't mind seeing a Medea Halloween. And let me, you know, and I'd like to see it like, you know, in an uptown theater, you know. Because you know that's got to be funny. I wouldn't mind seeing that. You know what? Let's talk about Tuesdays. I got into it when I was talking about the ratings. I thought I might. Let's see what we got here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yo. Yo, let's do it. All right. I'm into it. Uh, ABC's Tuesdays. They've been uh, talking about this show, American Housewife. Hey, yo. Hey, it's Mario Bosco. Listen, I'm trying to get a part of American Housewife. I thought maybe you could help me. American Housewife, original title, the second fattest housewife in Westport. <laughs> ah! Uh, will debut... The series chronicles the daily life of an average wife and mother who tries to stand out among the housewives and their privileged children in uh, Westport, Connecticut. Here's a clip. 
Jack's on a full stomach after midnight. You know, I love the way you look. I ate something weird. You feel different. Mm. Different how? Like a brand new bag of flour. It's my Spanx. What? Why? Well, if you do it right, it turns gut into boob. Well, you do look good. Hey, 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 hey! I've had enough already. Um, it's between the middle and fresh off the boat. The middle is very popular. Does it do well? You've just heard it. Um, hey, you got a plus-size woman on TV. Uh, judging from the clip, I'm going to say absolutely not. I'm going to say canceled. CBS, uh, then the fresh off the boat, the real O'Neills. I still came. I said that one would get canceled. I was wrong. And Agents of Shield at ten still there. CBS, NCIS, and then this new show Bull at nine. I um, Bull. I think that one of the took the place of Limitless. You know, which I love. So Bull, as we have talked about, is doing very well already. And I really actually thought it would not. Um, just a, a drama based on talk show host Phil McGraw's early days, I guess Dr. Phil, early days running one of the most prolific trial consulting services of all time. According to the official character description, whether it's Dr. Bull, who heads a company that analyzes juries to help develop defense strategies, possesses a phys- physicality, Feral intelligence and bruising candor that make him magnetic to women. Oh, my God. And it's with this guy, Michael Weatherly, and I made fun of that guy on Twitter because he left NCIS to do this stupid show, and I have no idea who he is, and I really couldn't care less. And um, here's a clip of that. Brandon Peters, son of tech billionaire Pete Peters, is being arraigned on murder charges. The accused of the murder of Alyssa Yank was last seen alive on a yacht, her body washed ashore. My clients will be vindicated. Our system says a man is innocent until proven guilty. Rich people don't play by the same rules. If the cops arrest you, your America is not my America. Enter Bull. (laughs) Hi, everybody. I'm Bull. And I don't take no for an answer. Tell me he didn't bring his lawyer. His five lawyers. I hate lawyers. I hate lawyers. Peters, Dr. Jason Bull. Can you help my son? Absolutely. I'll see what I can do. The jury starts with a preconceived idea of the truth. We don't guess at that. Dr. Bull profiles every juror, their behavioral patterns, what they click on, likes, avoid. You know, um, this sounds like the grinder, except it's, well, I guess it's a little light, but it doesn't sound like the grinder if it was funny but it's doing really well in the ratings but so is limitless and they canceled it bastards it's uh what was it this week it was number 20 well actually it moved down it started doing well it's number 25 uh they canceled limitless i don't know it's doing well i guess people like that guy uh he's from ncis and you know that just has this unbelievable following that none of us understand so Huh. I, I mean, how far can you go in a series about jury selection? I'm going to say it stays. I don't know. It keeps dropping off. I, it's confusing to me. Um, the CW Network has The Flash and then No Tomorrow, which is a new series, which 
I thought about watching because this girl's ridiculously hot in it. The series will follow a woman who becomes involved with a free-spirited guy. I always like it the other way around. Who inspires her to make an apocalypse, a list of things to do before the world ends, which he claims will be in eight months and 12 days. With the help of her friends, they try to find out if he can be taken seriously while completing the bucket list. This girl's very pretty. Listen up, everybody. The clock is ticking. Let's get those items into those boxes. I say quality. You say control. Can we go now? I think she works at like an Amazon store. Let's move on. He's not your dream guy. He's just some stranger you've projected all your softcore erotic romantic novel fantasies onto. You're right. I mean, if he shows up on my doorstep, fine. But in the meantime, I'm just going to, you know, live my life, do my thing. Yeah, maybe don't say my thing anymore. Mm-mm. All these shows suck, right? I mean, they're just horrible. Um, that's on the CW. Can't make a prediction about it. My guess is it's canceled. There's no way. But CW tends, you know, did we see my crazy ex-girlfriend getting picked up? There's no way to win. On Fox, they uh, brought back uh, Screen Queens. And then they have a show, Kicking and Screaming, which is uh, from that, uh, it's like a reality show with that super hot girl, Hannah Simone from uh, New Girl. And it's uh, like a series that teams 10 expert sur- survivalists with pampered partners. <laughs> I can't wait not to watch that. I don't give a shit. And then there's a new show called The Mick that well, it should be out any minute now, I guess. Uh, oh, they're going to make it a mid-season show. The series will follow a Rhode Island woman who is about to take on the responsibility of parental guardian for her very wealthy and estranged sister's children. And How many times have we heard this plot? My God. In Greenwich, Connecticut, this is after the latter and her husband have to flee the United States after they're arrested on federal fraud charges. Eh. I don't know. What do you think? All right, you got to cool with the makeup already. Honestly. I haven't seen my sister in years. I'm just trying to make a good impression. Yeah, well, you're going to spook her. I need the cash, okay? I might have to sell my hair. What's happening? Act like an aunt for one day, and I'll get you the money that you need, okay? And don't ruin them. Mommy and Daddy are in jail? Can you tell them everything's going to be okay or something? Don't worry, Ben. If we throw enough money at this thing, I'm sure it will go away, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, I know they all sound stupid in the clips. This is like a, sounds like a female Uncle Buck, and that never works. So, unless it was Chelsea Handler who was playing it, who maybe because she has fans or whatever, I say it's canceled. I say no way. No way. I say it runs out its, uh, Serious commitment, and that's it. I don't know what they've uh, agreed to, but I'm going to say no. Uh, and then they're bringing back Fox in the Spring Prison Break. You might remember that show, which was very popular, and then they canceled it. But it was like, I mean, how do you bring back a show that was already canceled? Like, It's a limited television series and, and a continuation of the original series. So... Um, Let's see. Does it have any information? Yeah. Uh, it picks up there for Michael's apparent death when clues surface suggest that Michael may be alive. Sarah teams with Lincoln Engineer, the series' biz- biggest escape ever, as three of Rick's Fox River State Penitentiary's most notorious escapees are pulled back into the action. Let's uh, take a listen. 
was my father like? My real father. He was a fucking asshole. Hi, I'm Mario Bosco. How you doing? And then disappear just as quickly. The storms. Boring. Only one way to find out. Yeah. We'll find out. How you doing? Prison break. We'll continue in a moment. Handwriting. He's reaching out to us. 24 hours before the blackout. You will have 24 hours to get out of the prison. Otherwise, there will be trouble. I don't know. It has an already built-in fan gaze. And, it, fan gaze. Um, and it's already, uh, I mean, it's only a limited run. I guess it'll last for what it needs. question is, would it be picked up again? Hmm. Um, you know what? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say people are uh, not interested like they were that uh, first season. Yeah. What do you think of that? NBC. Here's that stupid show, the, This Is Us, that we've been talking about that we were going to talk about. It's very popular already. So my guess is it's already coming back. And I don't know if you know the premise. It's the stupidest premise. I'm telling you, if I hadn't already seen the ratings, if I had done this show previous to the ratings, I would have said it was canceled on the premise alone. The plot is, the series, tells, the series tells the story of people born on the same day. I'm not shitting you. That's the premise. Okay, I'm ready. Suits on? Yes, ma'am. Your birthday suit. Only one I've got. <laughs> <laughs> How could you possibly want me right now? In any state of my life, you arouse me. I bet I can make that go away. There's nothing you can say. My water just broke. Ew. Yep. Yeah. We lost the third baby, but you have two healthy children, Jack. <laughs> Sounds like a fun show. Uh, it's an hour-long show. It's doing really well on the ratings. I, you know, I guess people like that kind of shit. You know, I just like the fantasy shows. I don't like reality shit. But maybe it replaces that uh, hole that Parenthood had, and, and uh, clearly that's their plan. Um, Parenthood left, and so I guess it's number seven, and it keeps moving up. So I guess it's here to stay. Listen, it's here to stay. There's nothing we can do about it. Those are all the new shows for Tuesdays. They all sound horrible. So what do we got? Uh, what I say? Tuesdaying. Uh, one, two, three, four, maybe leaving. Um, now, here's what was canceled. The, last year, we talked about the Muppets were on ABC at 8 o'clock, which was a fine show. But here it is. The Muppets premiered on September 22nd, 2015. On May 12th, the ABC canceled the series after one season. This was the reception that it got. The Muppets bring new energy to a beloved franchise, and although longtime fans may be taken aback by the show's adult mockumentary approach, the classic characters retain their essential spirit. Um, the group... Get this. The group One Million Moms an offshoot of the American Family Association, began protesting the Muppets, citing it as unsuitable for family viewing and calling for boycotts again. Can you fucking imagine they got nothing else to do? One million moms. Shut the fuck up. 
The Parents Television Council also criticized the series for not meeting family viewing guide. Oh, my God, people suck. Because the Muppets were in a bar consuming alcoholic beverages. You know, if I was a kid and I was watching it, I, I would never even think about that unless you whores like started talking about it. You know, that's why we're all growing up to be pussies. Ugh, what a disaster. We've got to get rid of some of these people. Um, not that way, but you know. Remember that show Wicked City I told you, but that was on Tuesdays at 10. That got canceled. Uh, I told you that was off. I was right about that. W- Wicked City aired from October 27th to December 30th, 2015. The series focused on two LAPD detectives as they searched for a pair of romantically linked serial killers terrorizing the Sunset Strip. On November 13th, after airing three episodes, ABC announced its decision to cancel the series, pulling it from the Tuesday night lineup and stopping production following the completion of the series' eighth episode. The series' cancellation was the first network television cancellation of the 2015-16 television season due to weak ratings and viewership. Yeah, that was a bag of crap show. Then I also told you of Kings and Profits would be canceled. The series premiered on March 8th, 2016. Due to low ratings, ABC canceled the series after airing two episodes. The fate of the remaining episodes airing in the U.S. is as if yet undetermined. I warned you. Uh, Uncle Buck last season was supposed to be on uh, with a black Uncle Buck, remember? I told you it would be canceled. Uncle Buck is based on the 1989 movie of the same name. The show was picked up to series on May 8th, 2015 and aired from June 14th, 2016 to July 5th. On July 6th, ABC canceled the series after one season. And now is when things get bleak. Limitless. They canceled Limitless. The series was ordered by CBS on May 8th, 2015. On October 23rd, CBS picked up Limitless for a full season of 22 episodes. On May 18th, CBS confirmed Limitless will not be part of their 2016-2017 lineup, but did not announce its cancellation, saying that they're discussing the future of the series with other networks. However... On May 25th, 2016, Craig Sweeney announced the series had been canceled after one season. And then they did the same thing to me to the grinder. Tuesdays last year were fantastic. One great comedy and one hour-long dramedy. Action dramedy. With a great premise and a great cast. The grinder, same thing. Was picked up the series on Fox on May 8th, premiered September 29th, and October 15th, Fox ordered six additional scripts for the first season, potentially increasing the season order to 19 episodes. And on October 27th, Fox ordered a full season of 22 episodes for the first season. Despite being acclaimed by critics and viewers, the show never achieved high ratings. The Grander was canceled on Fox on May 16th, 2016. On Rotten Tomatoes, the site read, The Grinder's humor is buoyed, buoyed by Rob Lowe and Fred Savage's chemistry as a hilarious new odd couple. It was so true. Yet they leave on the fucking horrible odd couple with Matthew Perry. 
As the first season progressed, the show began to become more popular with critics. Many critics compared The Grinder to shows such as Arrested Development, Community, and Better Off Ted, all of which were shows that had small audiences in their time slots on broadcast television but received largely positive critical res- reception because of their characters and writing. God damn it. It was such a good show. Still makes me angry. You guys that listen to my podcast, you know how great that show was. You know how great that show was. I just I just don't get it. I mean, this is us. Fuck this is us. I guess if Limitless and The Grinder were on Netflix, it'd still be on. I don't know why they just don't go there. There's no money to be made. I don't know. Never remember I also told you that uh, Best Time Ever would be canceled. Um grandfathered remember that one john stamos that was canceled i told you that best time ever would be canceled yeah i was right about that grandfather i wasn't positive i think it was just like i was like if if the grinder isn't canceled the grandfather probably wouldn't be but it was all canceled but this is what happened to tuesdays agents of shield moved from 9 to 10 o'clock replacing wicked city ncis new orleans moved to 10 p.m after limitless was canceled grandfathered and grinder canceled moving brooklyn 99 from 9 to 8 p.m and then new girl from 9 to then 8 p.m to 8 30 p.m except in the winter when brooklyn 99 goes on hiatus and is replaced by new girl so the mick can start at 8 30 chicago med is moving to thursdays at 9 but leaving chicago fire at 10 o'clock and that's why everything is canceled because listen to those fucking ratings. They switch stuff around. They move stuff. They, this will help. This will help. And nothing helps because everything sucks. And they cancel the good stuff and leave on the crap. I have to be thankful they kept on my Lucifer because, thank God, I just really enjoy that show. It makes Tuesday mornings bearable. How about that? How about that? There's one more thing I need to talk about before I leave you, before uh, the next time we see each other. It'll be after Halloween. For years, for years, and probably on this show, I've been talking about how much I hate the organization UNICEF. UNICEF is a horrid horrible organization and i hate them and they're a bag of crap and um i found out many years ago that not only are they completely disorganized and a a complete mess and really a sham but they're also very anti-israel and possibly very anti-semitic and when i was a young boy going halloween trick-or-treating i used to go to the houses and say trick-or-treat for unicef and carry that stupid fucking orange box around, which was a pain in the ass, because I had a Halloween costume with a light-up mask that I had to press this battery in my left hand, carry the UNICEF box on my right hand, and then carry my trick-or-treat bag, I don't know, on my balls. I don't fucking know. That UNICEF thing was a pain in the fucking ass. I never asked where the money went, because I knew it was business. But I should have been asking questions when I was younger. I always wondered, why are we collecting for UNICEF? Only to find out later they didn't even fucking give to Israel or they had some problems. They were very anti-Israel. So finally, this woman, Carol Markowitz, who I actually made a plan or a ploy to try and get on this show and talk to her. I'm still going to try and get her on next week. 
Uh, she's a she's a writer. She uh, works for NPR. Uh, you know, it's difficult to get in touch with people when you're, you know, like, hey, could you come on my podcast? I tape it at my house, sometimes in my bedroom. By the way, I moved out to the living room today. Just uh, in the dark, the bedroom's not the same. She wrote a great article talking about stop turning school children into UNICEF fundraisers. Finally, the orange box, that stupid orange box. The question is, she says, why are our public schools involved in pushing any charity, much less one that is associated with a mismanaged and corrupt organization like the United Nations, especially considering the objectionable turn UNICEF has taken? And the reason why I was doing it is because... Stupid Lyndon Johnson, possibly the worst president ever, liked the UNICEF Halloween program so much he declared October 31st to be UNICEF Day because he clearly hated kids and fun. She goes on to say we should be uncomfortable with turning our kids into UNICEF fundraisers. Two weeks ago, a different UN arm, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, adopted an anti-Israel resolution that, among other things, denies a Jewish connection to the Sacred Temple Mount site. And UNICEF isn't exactly free of anti-Israel activity either. I'm so glad somebody else is talking about this. I knew it. I just didn't understand how deep it went. It funds summer camps in Gaza, which is National Review's uh, explains uh, partners with Palestinian Youth Association for Leadership and Rights Activation. I don't care for Palestinians to produce glowing biographies of terrorists. This is what UNICEF does, people. This is what you see kids going for UNICEF. If a kid comes to my door with that orange box, I'm going to kick him in the face. He doesn't know, but I'm going to sit him down. I'm going to sit the young lad down and I'm going to explain to him. One of the UNICEF-funded camps was even named after a female fucking terrorist. You fucking believe this? This is what I was trick-or-treating for in the 70s for this stupid fucking organization. I can't believe it's still around. I didn't know people did it anymore. I can't believe it. This is what's bothering me. And it's not just about Israel. Those school administrators worried about offending kids of immigrants, worried about offending kids of immigrants with the Pledge of Allegiance, might consider the hypocrisy in having Jewish kids raise money for a group that might send that money to genocidal Jew haters. Also, UNICEF fights against international adoptions, which, as we know, uh, Sarah's sister, Susan Silverman, is all about. It pressures developing countries like Guatemala to stop allowing foreigners to adopt thousands by UNICEF's own count of Guatemalan kids. That's 5,000 people. Maybe I'll have Susie Silverman on the show. How about that? Additionally, UNICEF has been seen for decades the kind of mismanagement typical of the overall United Nations. I mean, obviously... She knows more about the United Nations stuff that I don't know about. I only knew about UNICEF's bad, horrible crap. UNICEF's internal audits found it lost tens of millions of dollars in the 90s. Well, isn't that convenient? It has had bribery scandals and its African outputs. Its chapter in Germany, as thousands of regular donors cut off funding a few years after it was discovered that some UNICEF employees received exorbitant salaries for a charity organization. A parent in Staten Island felt that an exception was being made for UNICEF that wasn't being made for other charities and groups in the school. As far as I know, all fundraising has to go through the PTA for school-related activities, clubs, needs. Why is this fundraising for an outside cause okay? The school doesn't benefit from these boxes but ends up associating itself with a particular organization which can be alienating to certain people. Well, there it is. Carol Markowitz, a Russian girl, lives in Brooklyn. She's very, she seems very funny. I'd really like to get her on the show and really uh, sit down. As you know, 
I'm not a very bright guy. So I would like to talk to somebody who's completely knowledgeable about not only this subject, but about other things. It would be nice to have a, a, a conversation, and I would try and hold my own, uh, get Susie Silverman on the line, right? I mean, now that is a roundtable discussion that I think would be completely interesting, for me at least, because I, I just, I mean, we got to do something about this. I mean, this UNICEF is a bag of crap. They're just horrible people, and I'm so angry that for so many years I was bothered with this. I thought I was helping little kids or something. You know, I'm, I, you know, nobody knows where that money goes. Maybe you are helping kids, but they certainly aren't helping Jewish kids. And it's just a bad, bad news, and it was a pain in the ass to go trick-or-treating with because then you're asking for candy and money. It's like the worst thing you could do. Fuck LBJ and fuck his bullshit. He was a horrible president. And I'm pretty sure he had something to do with the Kennedy assassination. You're welcome, America. How are you? I don't know if you know who Jessica Drake is, but uh, she's a porn actress who's way hot. I love her. I've actually tried to reach out to her. I, mean, like, I gave it a try, just like I did with the... I feel bad using the same sentence as Carol Marcos. But... um yeah, you got to try. You know, like, oh, what are you doing? You seeing anybody? Uh, she's really hot, and she's one of the people that's coming across um, saying that Donald Trump uh, forcibly hugged and kissed her and offered her $10,000 for a romp. Well, you know what? Now it's gone too far. See, when somebody like that comes out, you're like, you're a porn star. Uh, you're used to this. I mean, yeah, he's offering her money. She's a porn star. That He's a dude. That's the thing. They say He hasn't raped anybody he's not forcibly i don't think he's forcibly i think maybe he hugs them maybe he grabs their ass yes okay that's bad but he's a guy and she's hot and she's a porn star she said he grabbed her and two fellow adult film actresses and kissed each one of us on the lips without asking permission nobody asks you're not supposed to ask permission you just give him a kiss he's probably just like how you doing and they're porn stars. Said he, later, he said he could take her on her private jet. Well, of course, that's exactly what I would do. I would be like, hey, do you want to come on my private jet? Yes. I want to have sex with you. You're way hot. And that's what you do. Please. That's ridiculous. We're not going to listen to her, right? I mean, she conveniently uh, bought it out after she uh, announced her website was opening. Yeah, she announced her online sex shop just one day before the allegations. Well, how convenient. But Jessica Drake is really pretty. Yeah, I like her. I like her a lot. Um, But I don't, I mean, now you're just trying to get, I mean, come on. You're a porn star. He kissed me. Can you believe he tried to kiss me? This is horrible. <sighs> That's, I, I, am I, when I went to the porn convention, I guess it's true, I didn't try and kiss anybody, but I'm not Donald Trump, I'm not a millionaire, but I say if I was a famous actor, I probably would have tried to go there. Maybe like a hug turning into a kid, I would have made a move. I mean, they were probably hanging out at a party. I don't know, you're not trying to make, I think he's just kissing everybody goodbye. I don't think he's making that move. He also knows he was probably going to run for president one day, he was probably pretty careful. Besides wearing the wire, which he's pretty stupid for saying all this stuff when he knows he's mic'd, 
Although many times I forget I'm mic'd and I go to the bathroom. I'm wearing the wire for the football show. I wear a lav mic and then I go to the bathroom and I'm like, do 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 and I forget I'm wearing it. But I mean, you know, we have to remember he's also a man. And I don't know whether he's married at the time or not, but he's just, he's a dude. And he's a billionaire. Isn't that why we all want to become rich and, and famous? So so we could make moves on girls we like. He's not Bill Cosby, people. I don't know whether he's going to make a good president or not or whatever, or the other stuff, but this stuff with these allegations, I, I really think they're bogus. I think I think things have gotten way out of hand. If he's raped somebody, if he's forcibly raped somebody, something like that, that's different. But if you're trying to kiss a girl, I mean, that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to make the move. And not one of these girls, not one of them has said, I told him to stop and he wouldn't. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. They're all... I, you know, it's all bullshit. And girls, you know, that's... You know how difficult it is being a dude? It's very difficult. You know, get, getting rejected is very difficult. So sometimes you just got to be bold and make the move. But, you know, I, I haven't heard anybody saying I told him to stop and he wouldn't. So he's a guy. He understands. When you say stop, most normal guys... They stop, you can stop. You know, unless, the, like I said, with that Esther Koo stuff. What are you teasing these guys for? What You know, one of those one of these days, you're going to do that. Somebody's going to be in the car that's not cool, that's not normal, that has a, a disease, and they're not going to stop. Then you're going to be in trouble. I think um, uh, I'm trying to get Esther Koo on the podcast. Maybe next week. It would be funny if I... Uh, it's either the uh, woman uh, who's a, a, a very prolific uh, writer and talking about the United Nations and, and UNICEF and uh, anti-Israeli tactics or um, Esther Koo, who uh, likes to tease guys into not having sex with them. Well, that is a diverse programming issue, isn't it? But that's why you love the show. You know, I've been trying to think of other uh, shows I can, you know, because I just want to do, um, you know, like breakdowns of movies that I like and stuff like that, or TV shows and stuff. You know, I've been looking for something like that. Really getting close to thinking of something, you know? Really getting close. I'd like to do it for serious radio if I can. So I'd like to really put it out, you know, a little more. But I got a plan working at something. But for now, this is the podcast, and we talk about everything. And that's what we do. And, uh, you know, you either like it or you don't. But I enjoy bringing it to you every week and that is the end of this week and October it seems so fast it was fast right uh Rocktober what that's the end of Rocktober what am I doing this oh it's Halloween yeah I might go to a Halloween party Saturday uh, Alan and Lee invited me, but then I invited that girl Sophia from the football show because she's just so awesome. I'm just like, you want to go? And she's up for anything. And she's like, yeah, do you mind if I bring some girlfriends? I'm like, yeah, that'll really bother me. But I'm so nervous about going. I don't know. I've just been getting drunk so fast lately that all I want, you know, I get drunk and then I'm like, maybe I should go. I don't know if I can handle it. But I'm going to try. Got to do something, right? I'm supposed to go to the Devil's Game Friday. Maybe I thought about it, but I'm not ready for hockey yet, right? You know what I mean? We'll see. Otherwise, 
I don't know. I'm just glad to be kind of doing nothing until uh, the next football show, which is the 30th. I've been uh, writing the Christmas Carol for the 20th. I'm, I'm trying to get some people who are going to, you know, there's like four songs in it. So I really want to get the singing together and everything. I think it'll be a really good show. December 20th, down to the Village Underground. November 30th, the football show. December 13th, the two football shows upcoming. I think Artie and Dan are going to the World Series for the Cubs this weekend. That's going to be exciting. I mean, is it possible the Cubs could put it together? I don't know. If the Cubs can do it, then would the Jets be next? What? I can't believe they won last week. God, I hate them. Totally bet against them. Should I pick them for my survivor this week to beat the Browns? That's going to be a shitbag game. Anyway, whatever it is, it's a beautiful fall weekend. We're going to enjoy every minute of it until it ends. And I will see you next week on the Dave Just Got Podcast.